1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: With Mr. Brian, A.K.A. the Beast, and for uh, everybody wondering the fuck I'm wearing, it's a hoodie I made and it got in the mail today. And it's just King Tut. There's no there's no more to it than that. It's just King Tut. So uh, I jazzy,
1: up, jazzy.
0: I know, right? I, I I I and I I tried to make it just as. 'Cause it's it's just gold, so I tried to make it as ridiculous as possible. So I made the inside of the hood hundred dollar bills and the no, that a, boy. <laughs> I just that figured, that a boy. I just figured, hey, if it's gonna look uh hold on, my camera's fucking up. I figured if I'm gonna make it look uh look uh you know, anything but respectful, I might as well go all in and make it shiny gold with, with dollar bills well, and everything.
1: I have. I just happen to have the same thing on my floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah! I got the I got the hundred
0: dollar bill. All right, <laughs> and I got them on my hands. All right, we're. In yeah. Good, I'm in good company. But, uh, yeah. For uh, for everybody listening, how about you introduce yourself, my man?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, uh Brian and I'm a retired IRS special agent. Um, worked out of um, the Chicago field office for. about 22 and a half years um had a great career a lot of fun um did some interesting stuff traveled the world um it was just a great time man it was a great time um worked with some great people worked with all the different agencies that are out there you know fbi dea secret service and uh it's uh it was a great career challenging at times long hours but uh very good you know it's very rewarding career
0: and uh you spent time i believe in afghanistan or or iraq correct
1: yeah we no we were over in kuwait, kuwait. We were. i was on a yeah i was on a procurement fraud task force for seven years uh with the fbi and dcis Defense Criminal Investigation and Army CID, and and we did a trip over to uh, to Kuwait. We were over there for about nine days, I think, uh, doing a bunch of interviews and running around over there, hitting installations, Camp Arifjan and Camp Doha. So it was great.
0: That's it's. I remember when I first spoke with you on the phone. I, I was just, it was like it was. I was trying to put the square peg into the round hole. I was like, like IRS. But I was like yeah. deployed overseas. It was something wasn't jiving. Yeah. Like I, I talked to Delta Force guys, and I've talked to yeah. like FBI like domestic guys.
1: But it was this yeah. weird. I was like, is he pulling my leg? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. And it's it's a lot of it's really strange like that, you know. And it, I've gotten that from so many. What what is IRS doing over there? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's the the IRS Criminal Investigation Division has got a very unique. Skill set. Um, our our uh, investigative school, uh, six months total um, down at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center down in Georgia. And we really focus on about, I think it's around 18 statutes, and it's all tax related stuff, money laundering. Um, and Bank Secrecy Act, Title 31, financial crime stuff. So that's all we do. And we're forensic accountants and we go out and we we go in and start digging into numbers and see what's going on and and what's what and find the criminal wrongdoing. (laughs) It was great when I was working with the FBI because I had several agents who were very dear friends yet today and they're like, "Hey, we're working this procurement fraud stuff." And they're like, "Hey, you want to go with us? Uh, we got this. We got these interviews to do. We're going to go meet with a lawyer, and we got these inter this interview to do." And I said, well, "I'm not really involved in the case." She's, and they would say, "Well, that's okay. We just they don't they don't really care about the FBI, but when the IRS shows up, and, you know, everybody buckles down." Uh, uh, so, yeah. Well,
0: I was going to say, right? That's like a. I was gonna say that's like um the not it wasn't the movies with Batman, but it was like the cartoon series when I was a kid. But there's like the Joker and it's like the animated series. And yeah. it's like the Joker's in his big vault, and I'm sure you've seen this before. But the Joker's in the yeah. big for everybody listening, the Joker's in his big vault surrounded by like money and cash and he's doing taxes and one of his minions is like, Why are you like, why are you filling out your taxes? And he was like, I'll fight bite Batman every day. But he's like, I'm not going to fight the IRS. Like, what do you think? I'm insane. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. That's kind of like, right? That's kind of like Genghis Khan, like, using catapults to, like, launch the severed heads of his opponents over into the village. Yeah. You bring the IRS Absolutely. and everyone's like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, uh, so when we went, when we got involved in the procurement fraud task force i was the only irs agent uh, on the on the task force and so it was the stuff we were working is super intensive you know contract fraud millions and millions and millions of dollars so we would get into this stuff and we'd have to shake out the numbers you know is there you know bogus invoicing going on ghost employees you know all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff where people are, you know, cutting corners and grabbing money, um, you know, to to screw the G. Yeah. And we were the guys there to say hickshinate to that. We, were, we represented the yeah. We represented the taxpayers uh, of this great nation, and we wanted to make sure everybody was getting exactly what we're paying for, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. And we got we did we actually did quite a few criminal <laughs> cases you know international money laundering cases and that kind of stuff based on that on that task force work so yeah very rewarding it was really hard work because a lot of the stuff a lot of the records were located up in iraq mm-hmm. you know all over the countryside over there and we're trying to track down a contract and we gotta you know we we're over there i think well, the war kicked off in March of '03, and I think we were designated. Jan, John Ashcroft designated us as the task force for LogCap, um, which was the contracting uh, arm for the U.S. military, for us to investigate any allegations of fraud or anything related to LogCap. And I think that was late '03. And then we, uh, I think we were over in uh, at Kuwait. I'd have to look again, but I think it was like early '05 is when we got over there. And things were no, it might have even been 04 because things were pretty, pretty, pretty jazzy then. You know, there's a lot of snatch and grabs, and the security on the post was extremely high. Mm-hmm. Uh, military installations over in Kuwait. So, yeah, interesting.
0: Did you at ever point? Uh, did at any point did you ever find yourself just like? How the hell did I get here?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> you know I did. There was, you know I'm just a I'm a small town guy from Central Minnesota that yeah. went to a my graduating class was 49 people. Yeah, and here here I am working these massive cases over in Kuwait and Iraq, and you know, yeah, I I did. I have to pinch myself from yeah. time to time and say, how the hell did I get here? Yeah, what right. am I?
0: Yeah. Can I do this? Yeah. I'm from Minnesota. Kid, I'm gonna join. Yeah. The, I'm gonna join the IRS. Next thing you know, you're looking yeah. around. You're in like the Hindu Kush Mountains, and there's, yeah. there's there's gates with guys with belt-fed M60s, and you're like,
1: Yeah, hold on,
0: <laughs>
1: wait. I have my brains? Have, have my brains frozen from living there up there in Minnesota on the frozen tundra, and now I'm, you know, now I'm wrangling around the countryside over in Kuwait. So, yeah, it was good
0: that's the yeah that's how that's how they that's how they take down iraq is again they bring the irs and they're like oh shit <laughs> it's the it's, yeah. the it's the tank they run for their
1: foxholes yeah, yeah right
0: it's the m1 the, abrams yeah. and the a10 warthogs and they're <laughs> like uh uh-uh, man there's the irs guy yeah. that's how they found saddam
1: yeah. but did, there were go ahead
0: okay so sorry for um so for like you know you're trying to find again like you said you know uh phony invoices ghost employees it makes me think of—I didn't know this—but when Truman, before he was, um, it was either before he was vice president, maybe not, maybe he was vice president. But he was in charge of finding uh, fraud within the defense industry during World War II, and they would go and find, you know, okay, you know, they charged for whatever six thousand planes, but they only made fifty-eight hundred or something. Um, sure. And he he talked about how his like best case of his career was they started to find like the threads of something big. They found this in yeah. like, you'll now recognize the town names, but he was like, there's weird spending in Los Alamos. There's weird spending yeah. in Oak Ridge, yeah. Tennessee. There's weird yeah. spending in Nevada. And he's seeking up on this thing. And he's like, they have all these, uh, the, they have all these invoices for billions of billions in, in 1945 or $44. Yeah. And he was like, and finally, he gets—he's uh, met by I think Henry Stimson, who is the Secretary of Defense, or it might have been Leslie Groves. Regardless, there was three guys in the world that knew the full scope of the uh, Manhattan Project. Not even Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. who was designing it, but the actual full program it was FDR, I think it was Henry Stimson, and it was—and uh, it was Leslie Groves. And one of them went to Truman, and they're like, "Hey, you're barking up the wrong tree." They're like, yeah. go away. And then yeah. when FDR died, Truman had been president for two days before he found out what the thing was, and it was the bomb. I say all that to say, it, and I don't even know why I'm asking you because I'm not realizing it's not like you could answer. But is there anything that you were, you know, kind of pulling the strings on, and you found something, and then some men in black showed up?
1: Not that, not that bad. <laughs> um, we did, we did have. It was it was very interesting on uh, over in Iraq um, when contractors would get paid. Um, the U.S. military there was no financial institutions over there. You know, you, you couldn't issue checks. There's no no place to go cash a check. So what did the G was paying everything. The U.S. military was paying for all our logistical support with currency. So they would. I mean, I was tracking currency and believe it or not, you can track currency pretty good. Um, uh, The Bureau of Engraving and Printing may have you, you can receive a printout from them on when bills were printed, when they went, when they were printed, when they were boxed up, when they were shipped to the Federal Reserve and then from the Federal Reserve to a bank OK, so once they got to, say, Bank of America or whatever financial institution received it, that's where their records ended. So what we were trying to trace was people that were receiving kickbacks over in the Middle East for, you know, getting contracts, getting issued contracts, they would bring the money back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you get the money back? You got to bulk cash smuggle the money back. You know, so guys were getting creative on how they were bringing money back into the United States, right? So we started, we started intercepting some of these currents, some of these lots of currency that these guys were, kickbacks are getting paid, bringing it back. And so my, my, you know, kind of the alarm went off for me is, hey, what can we do can we see where this money went? And if it was in fact money that went to the cash that went to the Middle East? Well, we got, we picked up the records and we saw that the that the money was, you know, when it was printed in the whole series, because they were paying in hundreds mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. It was all yeah. Franklin. So we could get the money uh, when it was printed, then everything went to the New York uh, Federal Reserve, New York, and then from there it went over. It got loaded up on pallets, you know, hundred million dollars per pallet or whatever it was, and they would they would land at at the um, Baghdad airport. They'd have a couple of forklifts that would come in, get the money out of the C one thirty, set it on the tarmac. It was all wrapped and shrink wrapped yeah. and bundled and then they would guys would from the units would come in and had to make payments and they'd you know, come in with a Humvee or something and grab, you know, ten or fifteen million dollars. The soldiers would. And then they'd run back to their base and then the, the contractors that were getting paid, they would just run into the payment tent. It was a tent set up at their at their post with a suitcase oh. with a suitcase. Hey, you owe me thirty. You owe me one hundred and seventy five thousand. Okay, throw it in, zip it up, and off they went. Eyeball it.
0: Eh, that looks about enough. Right, <laughs> It's like a bartender. Right. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. a bartender, but if it's like a nuclear physicist. When
1: It's yeah, hundreds of yeah. millions. They're just like eh. yeah. So then, so then we were. They, some of these contractors were paying. You know, um, were receiving payments from the from the guys that were over there that wanted to get contracts. You know, so they would get money. They would receive money as a kickback. So we were trying to determine if we could find out where they went. You know, the money went to the reserve. Did it go over? You know, what base it went to over there in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. You know, over in Iraq or Kuwait. And I, 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 um, we started interviewing some of the military folks. I wanted to interview one of the generals at the Pentagon who was ahead head of the logistics, and. <laughs> I said, "Hey, we really need to talk to this general so we can kind of figure out how all this money works." The guys, just I wanted to know for myself how all this money worked, right? And then, about two days later, um, the say calls me and says, "Ain't happening." <laughs> <laughs> Copy, gotcha, gotcha, understood. Copy, yeah, understood. So, I'm
0: not, I'm not, I'm not trying to get JFK'd. <laughs> I'll walk away. Yeah, I don't care.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was a. It was it was just unbelievable how stuff worked over there. That's
0: yeah, that's sorry, turn off the fan.
1: Yeah, that's uh
0: that's terrifying. I mean, it is and it isn't. Like it's kind of it's kind of funny. But like I don't know. I guess he, I guess in my mind, I, in my naive 30-year-old biology degree mind, I assumed that that stuff kind of maybe happened in, like, Vietnam, right? Sending heroin bags, right, body yeah. bags, the whole th- A lot of just, yeah. it was all kind of hairy. I don't know why. My, I guess in my own naivety, I think that, like, it was somehow different. But the way you're describing it, it's just like you come in, yeah. <laughs> pull the C-130 out, here's some ballots, of, you know, yeah, a couple of billion hundreds. in Franklin's. Yeah, come grab them.
1: Yeah, so come in and grab a half a bale or whatever you need at your at your at your operating your forward operating base to make payments. I mean, what
0: the hell is even their unit? It's not like you know a rubber band or a stack or a. Because I had on a guy like when I first started this podcast that used to drive armored trucks, and he was telling me about all the like the. Different ways you can you can just kind of glance at it and you know how much is there. Just kind of different wrappings they would use. Yeah, sure, sure. What the hell's the metric for like a, a Humvee back seat? Like what metric is that? Yeah. Like, it's about yeah. two, it's about two back seats, maybe yeah. maybe a front wheel well, give or take.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Well, I tell you what's what's kind of interesting about you know currency and stuff is you know we would get we would get into these huge if you'd run into a real big seizure
0: yeah
1: and you know you you would you know collect all the money and seal it up and a lot of times it was so much money that we would just weigh it and we could you'd get pretty darn close yeah on weighing money you can get you get pretty darn close on how much you got just by weighing it and and knowing what knowing what your container weighs you can you'd get pretty darn close Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. The, it's, so until we would kind of weigh it, we'd weigh it and, and kind of get a number and then, you know, get it to a bank so they could run it through the counters and give us an official tally. But, you know, you know that was kind of a good way to estimate what, what kind of currency you got. How much?
0: I, I feel like, yeah, going to the Pentagon and asking that is just like, that's like a... That's like a shortcut to like a shallow
1: grave <laughs> just... yeah they were they were they were kind of like you know it's it's the war we gotta you know we're, we've got to move quick yeah we got to make payment we got to get stuff set up we got to feed the troops yeah also you know, I, I get all that sure. but at some point at some point things settle down yeah. and you'd think you'd try to get some kind of an accounting
0: yeah right
1: it's set like up there, but
0: it's like college. I went to the University of Georgia, and like we drive down to Panama City for spring break, and oh yeah, uh, that godforsaken town. But like, you know, it was you're right. It's moving. It was kind of like you know, loosely. It was like war, right? It, who's driving who's paying for the gas who's buying lunch you get there you don't even unpack the first night you just go buy a bunch of liquor it's all kind of up in the air and it's okay right no one's being stingy yeah. about it it's it's this sort of we're all here to just get blackout drunk and unsuccessfully try to flirt with girls but after like a couple of days like you know it is kind of like okay hey i've spent a thousand dollars like i you know you guys kind of got to hit me back up that I don't have. That I don't... That I do... I spent $1,000 of student loan funds that is not mine. It's... But at a certain point, you kind of got to start, yeah, you know, going back and, you know, carry the two and see who owes what. But within the Pentagon, I mean, obviously, yeah, that I means let's play devil's advocate. Sure. War starting. No one knew 9-11, right? It, it, so it's coming fast. Mm-hmm. We got to get over there fast. We got to get over there quick. Go try to get Bin Laden and wherever the hell he went. Bora Bora, Torah Torah. Tora. And... That makes sense but then there's also aspects, right? Cuz there's the black budget where like you can't know because that is a national security issue where you can't know how much money we're putting into this because let's say if the Soviets were to intercept or infiltrate the IRS and let's say you're let's say you're a Russian or a Chinese agent and you're going into the Pentagon and you want to find out how many billions went in to the new stealth bomber that actually is I mean that is Actionable information, because if they know we're dumping money into stealth, well, then they know to start bulking up their their, I guess, missile defense systems. So there is, sir. But then that's also, man, that's a tempting, that's a tempting shield to hide behind. National security. I can't, you know, I can't. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Love to tell you, but if I did, you know, I'd have to terminate. I'd have to terminate you.
0: And it's like, sir. It's like you're, at, you're like at his front door. You're like, this is a personal audit. And he's like, I'm sorry, it's national security.
1: You're like, <laughs> yeah, get out of here.
0: Yeah, it's man, that'd be an awesome card to play. But what are what was the most interesting or or funny thing to stick out to you? Because you know, most guests I have on, I can I can kind of you know bullshit or like fake understand. But I don't know Mm -hmm. anything about the IRS. You know, if Delta Force or, or, you know, a pilot, I can kinda pull some Cold War information. But for you, like, in the first couple minutes, I've you've already shattered any understanding I had of the IRS. You know, C one thirty is a pallet full of cash. So what what is the most unique thing you remember? Or funniest thing, or scariest thing? What are the stories that not the bullshit stories, what are the stories you tell Mm -hmm. over like a couple beers where it's like, get this?
1: Um boy, well, I mean I've had through through the course of my career, I've had yeah. death threats we had we had a drug dealer we were working on that that uh, wanted the prosecutor and I dead he was gonna kill us um the funniest stuff, um boy, there's so much. I mean, you know you get into stuff and it's just... Um Oh boy. Let me think let me stew on that
0: for a minute. Don't force force it. What was there any was there any similar moment to like again, you know, you're like, how the hell did I get here? These belt fed machine guns looking up at the mountains, you know, just around like goat country in the Middle East, and you're like, What the hell? I'm from, you know. Kind of like that, or the pallets of cash. Were there any other things where kind of the same absurdity where you're watching it and you're like you're like is this really how it (laughs) is this really how it happens like like because i assumed that's what would happen if you went to the pentagon and said we need to check your bills they would just tell you to screw off like i I assume that yeah
1: yeah yeah um well i one of the one of the things i guess it was kind of an eye-opener for me when we were over in kuwait um, we're doing all these interviews over there. We did a massive amount of interviews in a week, and we're interviewing, interviewing this gentleman, and um, he was with a company over there. And we take a break, and I gotta, I ran and shed a tear, quick, come back, and he's sitting there reading a newspaper, and he said, "Well, nothing going on this week," and I said, wh- "What are you talking about?" He says, "Oh," he said. He said, on Thursdays is, is, you know, public execution day in Kuwait. I'm like, no way. He's like, oh yeah, he said, he said the week before, he said, had a guy, had a local guy get caught with two kilos of Coke, caught him on Sunday, tried him on Monday, hung him on Thursday. And I'm like, no way. He's like, oh yeah. Thursday is Execution Day in Kuwait City. <laughs> right downtown. I said, where do they do that? And he's like, oh, downtown. Everybody can go watch it. It's a public square. You can go watch it. Do
0: they sell, and like, like, do they sell popcorn or <laughs> beer?
1: <laughs> oh, no beer over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, no. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So fuck yeah i was like i was like no way he's like oh yeah man yeah and i'm like damn yeah get me out of here right i mean
0: that's barbaric but there's also there's like you know 99.97 percent of me is like that's barbaric point yeah 0.03 percent of me is like man that's a streamlined system.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Blue light special. Yeah right? One, yeah. right. Yeah. They
0: got. They got rid of. They snipped the red tape. It's like Reagan's wet dream. It's just like four days in and out. You get caught. Your head is disconnected from your body, and it hasn't even been a full work
1: week. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and I was. Yeah, I was like, no, and yeah. it was just absolutely incredible. Um, the other thing that was kind of that was funny for me was. So we stayed we stayed at the Hilton Kuwait City, which was, you know, absolutely gorgeous. Just a beautiful We were right on the Gulf and we're like, hey, we're you know, let's let's meet downstairs for breakfast, right? So we went downstairs and the breakfast was actually pretty reasonable and it was a spread like I've never seen before. And you know, they got eggs and they got, you know, sausage and they got, you know, a fruit fruit line that's all fresh, freshly cut fruit and fetch you know, whatever you want, you can you can get it there. And I'm like, being the dork I am midwest midwestern <laughs> dude, you know. Where the hell's a bacon, bacon. around here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, we got beef bacon and we got we got sausage. And I said, Well, what's a sausage man? Oh, it's goat sausage. I'm like, goat sausage. Like, yeah, try it. It's good. So I take some of these sausages. They're like the small Jimmy Dean ones. They look like dog turds. And I stuck my fork in it, took a bite. And I, I swore to God I was eating a piece of dog crap. It stunk. Really? Sob. And the, and the flavor was absolutely horrendous.
0: Yeah, you ask, you keep asking about <laughs> bacon, man, you're going to end up on the Thursday special. What happened to Brian? Well you know he
1: he had an affinity for bacon. He had
0: an affinity for bacon and unfortunately he was tried as an enemy of the state.
1: Yeah. They wouldn't like that, you know? Yeah. So so that was you know, over there that was always a hoot. Um Yeah. You know, there were Go
0: ahead. No, no, you go
1: no there you know there were there were times where we had you know we're out doing a search warrant or something you know stuff was always goofy you know once you once you get into a place you know you you execute the warrant and you're in you know that's all the high test stuff where everybody's on needles and pins because you don't know what's what's on the other side of the door and but then there's always you know guys guys having fun while they're doing it too you know and So it was, it was just a, it was a great career, a great career.
0: What, what were the guys doing that were, what were they having fun with?
1: Oh, everything. Is it? Everything. Oh yeah. It was, you know, search warrants were always, we got to, who was the first one They're going to find the sex toys, you know, that was usually (laughs) one of them. And it was, you know, you know, you're in there doing your job to get the job done, but it was, you know. Especially working with like the local drug task force guys over, yeah, they were local guys that were part of the part of the task force, and they're always fun to work with. Great guys.
0: Now, is there? How do you go about something like, let's say you're over there on the Air Force Base or whatever, and they're bringing in just you know pallets of hundreds of millions of dollars? I mean, is there any like? Fear to be like, I'm not going to go poking my nose around. Like, I'm just thinking of me and like, I'm a bitch. And like, if I saw like just kind of, you know, these big pallets of cash and these spec op soldiers and contractors and mercenaries taking their suitcase, like I'm not going to walk up there and be like, hey, excuse me, what are you doing? Like, because they're going to yeah. kill me. Is there yeah. anything like that? Or do they know like who the IRS is? Do they recognize that power over there?
1: Oh, I mean, you know, when we were over there, it was, you know, we had, we had authority on the military installations because they were US installations. Cool. So yeah, so they knew, you know, typically when the guys would come and get cash, you know, the units would come and get cash. That was all just, hey, it was you know, maybe a lieutenant and a master sergeant or something that would come and pick up the cash. They'd whip in, oh, Hang on one sec, bud. You're good. Um, you know, they would buzz in and just grab what they needed and, you know, and then head back out. So we weren't, you know, we weren't sitting out there watching the cash go. We were, okay. I mean, we were trying to, we were trying to get the records and stuff put together that we, you know, if there was any kind of, you know, padding, patent, patent expenses, et cetera, on the contract. Mm-hmm. So so the g wasn't getting overcharged on a bunch of stuff
0: now with things like let's just use f- for example like the most recent uh stimulus bill 1.9 trillion and i'm i'm not taking any side on that i'm not trying to say, oh democrats this or trump that like i don't I, i'm not even no. trying to do that whatever right let's just take it politicians have been corrupt since the dawn of time let's just put that out there with something like this whether it's the stimulus or whether it's the stimulus under Trump or whether it's the 08 stimulus or whatever with well, something like that and you see it's nearly 2 trillion dollars or 2000 billion and then you see like like a quarter of it or like half of it is going to like US citizens and then the other half is it's going to all this shit overseas i mean as you as like a, as like a friend's like accountant or worked with them do, like, does your, do the hairs on your neck start going up? Are you like, that's a kickback? That's going to go to some BS NGO over in Kenya, and that's going to go back to the senator who helped push it? Like, do you guys have fingers in that pie? Because to me, that just seems like the easiest way to pad your pocket, spend a, uh, make a stimulus check that's just bigger than the GDP of most nations, take that. And even if you can only shave off 5% of it for yourself, I mean, 5% of $2 trillion, I mean, good Lord in heaven. Like, that's more than yeah. you and your family will need for the next 10 generations.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, of course. I mean, I've, you know, as a as a former agent, you know, working all the financial stuff, you definitely, all that stuff definitely crosses your mind. And... I guess for me, working at so much of the international stuff that I did, it was very interesting as, as our investigations progressed, we saw a lot of different things going on with the cash these guys were getting kickbacks for, right? First, they were bulk cash smuggling it, basically just hiding it in luggage on their person and fly back into the States. And if, if, you know, the public out there doesn't know if you enter or leave the United States with more than $10,000 in cash, you have to report that. Mm -hmm. You have to report it on a form, um, either departing or arriving. And if you don't, that's a problem. There's criminal implications for doing that. So we started picking off some of these guys that, you know, early on that were bulk cash smuggling. So the word gets back Over to the Middle East, hey, don't be, don't bulk ass smuggle your money back because they're starting, they're picking up on us and they're looking for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, so then they started sending money back, right? They started sending boxes of, you know, a FedEx box of money back to a family member. And we started, we started picking off some of those shipments, right? So, so then they got a little better. They started. They'd go to like the the local PX on post, and they'd buy like a couple of VCRs, hmm. right? Yeah. Pull the VCR out, strip all the guts out of it, stuff it full of cash, put the VCR back together, and then send that back. Well, and we started picking up on that, you know, on their on the ways they were doing this stuff, and then, and then they got pretty muy sofisticado, we would say, is. These guys would go on R and R to a to a, another country from Kuwait, maybe yeah. UAE. Yeah, um, and the bad guys would follow them over there. They'd go to a financial institution over there, open up a bank account. The bad guys would deposit their, you know, all their kickback money in there, and then they would get issued a debit card, and they would fly back to the United States with a debit card that's got. Whatever their bank out, million two million, whatever these guys are out buying cars and you know sh- slide the card and you know how many you know financial transactions take place via you know a debit yeah. card um you can't literally track. impossible to, yeah. to track and the, and the the flip side of that coin is there's no reporting requirement. you're walking back with a plastic card, yeah. A debit card there's nothing that you got to report that's there's no currency there yeah so you know the guys got pretty good that way you know so it constantly evolved as as our investigation rolled on and i was involved with that for seven years so it you know um we were seeing wire transfers back you know from the middle east from uae from you know different countries over there you know to to banks here to bank accounts. um people are buying houses paying off their mortgages uh you know buying cars all that kind of crap so interesting trail
0: but that that's got to be infuriating right because i mean i think of like i was in a fraternity my freshman year of college freshman and sophomore year of college and like when when guys wouldn't be able to like you know everyone would pitch in 10 bucks to get a couple yeah. kegs and it's whatever yeah. i mean if someone didn't have the money it's like you know they're your buddy you're not going to kick him out of the party yeah but when you see it happening like 12 straight weeks and then you also see him out at the bar spending money it's one thing if your friend's just poor right <laughs> southern georgia yeah. i had some very poor friends i'm not going to tell them hey you got to pay for the beer but when they'd be like i don't have any money and you're like it's fine man you can drink on the keg but then we go to the bar and they're buying all the girls shots i mean there's some there's some fury you're like what well, what the fuck, oh, yeah. man? It's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I gotta imagine there's some fury, right? If you, go, you gotta go work a nine to five for forty years, and then there's just some guy that brings back a debit card linked to a bank account in Nairobi, and he this guy yeah. gets to buy a Ferrari or just retire and not work. I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, and for me, it was just kind of a. You know. We're, we're we're gonna catch you. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. It may take us a while, but we're gonna get you. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so there was always that kind of that justice of yeah. you know you can run but you can't hide kind of thing. Yeah, and we're gonna follow the money. Yeah, and we're gonna ring that towel out. You yeah. know, um, it's
0: like it's like the glacier. So it,
1: the glacier. Yeah. Moves. So you yeah. and and when you and when you you finally call them out and you you know you approach them and and like like we always said hey fire sci comes out and interviews you they already know all the answers to the questions they're going to ask you so they're just, so don't, they're just trying yeah. to catch you in a lie yeah so i mean we would go out and interview the bad guys and we already knew all the answers and you know you'd, you'd twist them around pretty good and say well i know you're lying to me and here, here's the documents, here's oh. the canceled checks, here's oh. all this, here's so now what do you gotta say for yourself? Well,
0: you're a federal agent, right? So they're lying to oh, a federal yeah. agent that there's instant yeah.
1: felony. Yeah, thousand and one right there, yeah. They lie to you. So I you know I went and interviewed one guy in my entire career. One guy who actually told me the truth when we confronted him. Once. One guy and smart guy and he was yeah he was a smart guy he um i was on the procurement fraud stuff and he had he'd taken some money and and we caught him on it and he was like yeah yeah i did it you know and i'm like okay well but usually it's pulling teeth and twisting them and you know so
0: yeah it's right it's Man, that's gotta be, that's terrible. But you're not gonna get a, I mean, that's, it's, I think it's like a Winnie the Pooh quote. It's something, but it's, if you just tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Yeah, right. And, right. I, I yeah. mean, it's so yeah. simplistic and idyllic, but I really do like it because it's just like, I would rather just like not, not do something bad because then there's, because there's no worse thing than like anxiety of knowing you did something and you're like, when are they coming? when are they coming? Yeah,
1: right. Oh, yeah. First When's just the shoe like, going to drop?
0: It's like, just pay the bill, dude. It doesn't matter if no one's watching. There's, just pay the bill yeah. because there's no, I mean, it truly is a priceless thing, like your ability to just sleep at night. But like, yeah. I was going to say, is there, actually, do you care if I run to the bathroom real quick? I'll pause recording.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I got to get some earbuds replaced, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. All right. There. How's yeah, that? There, there you there. are. Yeah, okay. Now I can hear you.
0: Switch me off to some different codec or something. It's 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 retarded. It's it happens. Yeah, I I tell everyone if it if I do several episodes without a technical difficulty, I start to get a little suspicious because it's so yeah. it so frequently messes up. But um yeah yeah no it's uh did did your AirPods die originally? Yeah yeah I I've had these for like a year. And last night I actually ordered a second pair because I was finally like they die and it's just you just kind of gotta yeah. have to sit around and wait with like your you know your dick in your hands you're just like what am I doing I
1: got I got the AirPad Pros too which are decent oh yeah yeah they're 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 pretty pretty jazzy they got really good noise cancellation and stuff you yeah. know they're small yeah um, they're nice but I got a set of Air, the the Max the Air Pro Max oh yeah. Those are really sweet. Ah, yeah, dude, I, I need
0: to. I got the originals, and I just ordered a second pair of the same ones last night, just so I can take them off and flip in the new ones. Especially yeah. if I'm doing podcasts or something.
1: Yeah. But yeah, man, I yeah. need
0: I need a man. There's God at mint. This podcast isn't sponsored by Apple, but I guess we're gonna give them some free shoutouts. God, <laughs> there's, I wish they weren't so good. I yeah. wish everything they made wasn't so incredible. But God, if they just don't yeah. suck you in like quicksand. Yeah. It's just it's screw them. But um yeah. 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 So <sighs> I don't even remember what we're talking. So I don't know anything about like really anything currency related or money, finance, anything. It's all it's all insane to me. Is there that being said, is there any like is there any true like IRS proof uh laundering? Like if, you know, Like, if you were on the inside, right, and you want... Like, James Jesus Angleton was the head of counterintelligence in the CIA for, like, 17 years. And when Mm -hmm. he was finally fired... And this is the guy that was the head of counterintelligence when JFK was assassinated. And he opened a file on Lee Harvey Oswald 40 years prior. And it's like, what the hell did this guy know? But when he was finally... When he left the agency in disgrace, there was this big thing because no one knew what he was doing. Because he knew the system so well. His nickname was yeah. The Ghost. Because yeah. everything he did, it was like woven into the very fabric of the the structure, the, like the corporate outline of the agency, that he was basically like the equivalent of like walking outside of like security cameras' views. He was sure. in the dark. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Is there anything, is there like a way that like if you were on the inside, like yourself, and I don't know, maybe you can't say it, but is there a way where you're like i know a way that's like true like irs proof like laundering money is there a way to i mean because you kind of pointed it out right you go deposit a bunch of cash and cutter and then come back with a debit card and there's no way to you know check sure. it is there anything like yeah. that
1: oh yeah i mean and oh there's a ton of different ways you could do it you know and i don't want to get into a lot yeah, of that yeah i, I think you could i think you could run a lot of yeah you know a lot of your stuff would be offshore and then bringing it back in some different ways and yeah it, it, it you could do it in places where they don't we the government doesn't have any relationships with various countries so you know you're kind of north korea you're insulated that way you yeah. know so there's oh yeah there's definitely ways you could do it i mean i was during my career, I was a uh, you know a money laundering expert witness for the government, and I testified in eight trials during my career, and you know consulted with with a ton of agents across the country on you know on their casework and what they were doing, and um, you know what cases they were contemplating charges, and you really get a Full belly of all the different schemes that are out there, but typically, typically on the money laundering side, it's you know the typical drug dealer yeah. kind of guy is. hey I got my girlfriend. She went out and financed the car, bought the car in her name. Yeah. And I'm paying her to make the payments, yeah. or you know, buying money orders to buy stuff, and you know, because two things you can do with currency, right? Spend it or save it. Yeah, doesn't do you any good to save it because it's just paper. You're just it's, losing the value. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean anything. So you got to spend it, and you know that's where that's where guys get kind of creative, and and you know when you're looking at it. So I teach a lot of you know financial investigative money laundering courses to law enforcement over the years, and you know there's. Money laundering can easily be explained by you know it's the series, so it's the placement of the money. Okay, so you're placing money within the financial system somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing that? You're depositing deposit to a bank account. Then there's layering. So what you're doing is you're maybe putting that that money into a to a business bank account of your buddies, your buddy's business, and then he's kicking it back maybe as a paycheck to you. Okay. So there's the layering, and then there's the integration, and the integration is the way the money comes back to you, and and you try to make it appears as as though it's from some legitimate source, although it's you know it's always from an illegitimate source, some some type of illegal activity. So yeah. so it's you know there's a there's a lot of creative people out there, yeah, and it it really gets challenging when you get. CPA, dirty CPAs and dirty um, attorneys involved because then, you know, when yeah. the sof- movie sophisticated, yeah. these guys got stuff set up everywhere and moving money and yeah, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, was, was it Goodfellas? Or yeah. or you know it's like you go in you take all the liquor from the liquor store then you sell it at twenty percent of the price but it doesn't matter because there's a hundred percent profit. Yeah. If yeah, I feel like if I'm laundering like a hundred million dollars, you know, I'd have my friend. You know, I'd become friends with someone at like a you know whatever a, a steakhouse. Yeah. You just go in three times a week and you just tip everybody. But You, make you know, sure. it,
1: it, one of the great, great movies that's out, and you've probably seen it. Uh, I know a lot of people have seen it. And I use a, a, a clip of that movie when I teach my classes. It's Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah? Remember when he talks about, watch that sometime. Or I, I'll send you the clip. Okay, There's about a two or three minute clip where... Um, the main character and morgan freeman are in the library and they're talking through the through the bookshelves and he's like oh no we'll make this we'll have this set up so nobody will ever be able to find this money and you know how it, it goes through all the placement and the layering and all this kind of it it, it was very well done mm-hmm. it was very well done um and and so, you know, there's a few of those that do that, and you know, movies that really kind of lay that out. And Shawshank really did a nice job with that one. Uh, on that, on that. So, I'll send you that money laundering clip. It's it's classic. Please do. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's
0: yeah, it's. Because I guess the people that actually did it perfectly, you would never know that they did it perfectly, right? They're still floating around out there, sure. Yeah, Yeah. right? It's like the perfect murder. It's like you can't know what the perfect murder was because everyone thought it was an accident or something. Yeah. Right?
1: Our motto motto at work was thank God for the dumb ones because they're the ones we catch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly, right? Exactly,
1: right? It's. And occasionally we'll get lucky and, you know, pick off somebody that's you know pretty sophisticated or if you get the low lying fruit, you can always Just climb, climb up. up yeah yeah climb up and see who's on the on the top up there so yeah
0: i feel like um, another way to do it would be go into a casino doesn't, oh yeah it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. what
1: you lose Just yeah cash out. yeah yeah they do a lot of that try to legitimize their money through casinos hey i won okay well how much did you win because casinos track all that mm-hmm. And that, you know, that gets all reported defense on and stuff. So, you know, they can come up with all these ways. But, yeah, yeah. you know, they they definitely try to do that. Though I've seen that over the years, too. Yeah. Casinos. Yeah. yeah.
0: You could do that. Or, I mean, I guess if you bought gold in person, not from like a pawn shop, but if you just bought someone's like gold necklace off of them or something, I don't know. Then maybe you did that over the years and just amassed like your own fortune of gold. But then I guess you'd have to report that because eventually you try to cash in on the gold and they'd be like, where'd you get 17 pounds
1: of gold? (laughs) Well, we were, here's the other thing is we were tracking some of the guys from over our cases in the Middle East. They would buy gold. They would go buy like gold, really elaborate gold necklaces that were super, the gold quality over there was crazy good. Yeah. And you could get it for, you know, you could buy a, a gold necklace over there for a thousand and bring it back here and be worth five. Jesus. So guys were bringing, you know, would dump off all their illicit money and gold chains and all that crap and bring it back with them, or they could piecemeal it back with them. It's not currency. You don't have to report it. You turn around and sell it on the market over here, and you converted, you know, your illicit money that you bought at, you know, a fifth of the cost over there, yeah. and you're getting five times that for it over here.
0: Now, does it get different with something like? In full disclosure, I don't know anything about this except how to pronounce it. Is there anything that would be infinitely difficult with cryptocurrency?
1: Yeah, it's. That's a whole, is that a whole, that's a whole animal in and of itself. Okay. Well, I don't know it, anything about and, it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, when I was, you know, I retired a little over seven years ago, and Fen and all the, you know, the experts were trying to get their head wrapped around, what the, how what, how is all this shit work? What because it was is so, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's interesting. It's very complex, and it's hard to track because a lot of it's dark web stuff, yeah. and you're selling, you know, like Bitcoin. You're selling that this cryptocurrency, and it's virtually untraceable. Yeah. And and, and what was really interesting, Tommy, a, a while back, we were we went out to Las Vegas, and I got some friends out there, and I was looking, and I. I about fell out of my chair most of the casinos out there will take cryptocurrency and i'm like you've got to be kidding me right jesus i was like no way i mean they're they could be helping the cartel they could who knows whose money that is that they're laundering
0: i don't think they care Oh no,
1: keep <laughs> <laughs> the lights
0: on, yeah, baby. You don't give a shit. right? Was it HSBC? Didn't they? They were laundering yeah, they money, got, they were laundering money yeah. for like the Sinaloa cartel, ISIS, yeah. Hezbollah.
1: Yeah, they when I was out in D C in twenty ten, um I went out I was one of four agents I went out to we set up the global illicit financial team for IRS where IRS sponsored a um a task force targeting professional money launderers uh worldwide international uh money launderers and we had irs had just gotten like a 150 million dollar check from hsbc as a civil penalty for that that whole case and that was that was like one payment. It was more than that. Yeah. It was crazy. And so, they, you know, the financial institutions around the country, you know, have to have a real strong anti money laundering protocol so they don't get, yeah, protocol. So they don't, anti money laundering protocol so they don't get stuck, yeah. you know, because a lot of them are, you know, yeah. yeah,
0: they're all shitty.
1: they what's that over there on the table? Yeah, you know?
0: they're all demons from hell. Just <laughs> <laughs> they're all just they're, You know, so I, I don't. I don't think the local credit union's bad, but I mean, come yeah. on. When you're rolling, when you're rolling through Lower Manhattan in a in a Bugatti covered in chrome. I mean, yeah. come on! You didn't get that from Elbow Grease. Maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe you yeah. did, but I mean,
1: yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's mommy and daddy's money. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, hey, what I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was wor- I was living in the fraternity house. I remember. I remember seeing the HSBC thing on TV, and I was like, "How dark can it get?" who yeah. someone said it was like HSBC stands for like Hezbollah Sinaloa Sinaloa <laughs> Boko Haram something it was HSBC yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, yeah I mean I don't know right it's because they can really get away but I was gonna say you know what cryptocurrency kind of seems like and'm i realizing as you and I are talking about it it kind of seems like when you're talking when there's like adults talking around like a toddler. Right, and you like spell Mm -hmm. something out so they don't know what you're talking about. They're like, I think it's B E D T I M E.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I feel like it's just smart people. That's what cryptocurrency is, and they're just talking in a language that you and I are are just like physically incapable of understanding. We're like, what the hell? They're like, oh, it's all about mining and algorithms and gauge theories, and you got to bring it back. And we're just like, what the fuck are they talking about? They're just dancing around us like idiots.
1: Yeah. 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 How very I, complex stuff yeah that crypto is it's it's you got the data miners and I, I that's something I really need to kind of brush up on a little bit is roll up my sleeves a little bit on that yeah you know?
0: I'd love to I mean I've had guys on here try to explain it to me and yeah, I understand and
1: it yeah no it's 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 so bizarre um that the cryptocurrency um you know, some of the phone app uh, movements of money, mm-hmm. it really is really like kind of app, a hot talk too. Ho. Yeah, and how all the money, you know, moves about the devices, where it's stored. It's just, you know, you just sit there and you're like, who comes up with this stuff? Yeah. Right? Has he got some nerd in the nerdery that's sitting there dreaming this crap up? I mean, and then the, te- the technology side of it, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean i feel like at a certain point though right because i think there was something a couple of years back it was a report i read and it was like the, it was like the the top one percent of like mit like historically <coughs> they'd always they'd always go to raytheon or boeing or northrop grumman right they would just go okay. and it's be like you're gonna make the new cutting edge killing machine but in like the last 20 years there's been a dramatic change with the top one percent of these classes and they all they not just engineers but also like theoretical physicists They've all gone to like Goldman Sachs because they're finding mm-hmm. that the, their minds, their ability to create new propulsion engines or or uh, radar absorbing material or you know new quantum physics, you know standard model shit, they can use that as a way of creating these algorithms that can just shake even more money out of the system.
1: Oh yeah, yep.
0: And once it gets to that point, it's like, well, how how can you even track that? cuz this is someone that's smart. of again it's right yeah. it's two tall guys playing pass and you can't reach up there cuz yeah. you can't comprehend yep. it right yeah yeah i i don't know is i don't know it all kind of seems like bullshit but it's like <laughs> no one's smart enough to call it out
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: yeah it's like i think yeah, yeah. is bullshit and it's no one no one can explain why um so is there again and it's not anything i know about but doesn't it always it kind of comes out every couple years and by the way don't don't let me keep you if you gotta go at some point let me know
1: yeah no I got I got maybe let's go to 230 okay about 15 more okay, minutes okay
0: yeah yeah, I keep people verbally hostage, and I forget it. Sometimes I'm sitting here yeah, talking. Well, I'm
1: just going to cut you right off there, Roser. Good.
0: Good. I, that's what I, that's, no, that's what I love. I respect yeah. that. I, I don't want any small talk to be like, and you're finished Tommy. Yeah. Sorry. That's just, hey, save your time and mine.
1: Hey, hey, you see
0: this hat? Yeah, John C. Stennis. Yeah, yeah I was no. on it.
1: You were? Yeah. Well, so, I recognize so the
0: name from Transformers, the movie.
1: Yeah. So here's the story behind yeah. that. Two of my... Two of my sons were Navy guys. I was an Army guy, so it was a it was a hard pill to swallow. And my sons wanted to go to the Navy <laughs> anyway. Um, both were both were Intel guys, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of them was out in your neck of the woods, and then my other one was down and out in Hawaii and then Georgia. And then my youngest son, his best friend from training down in Pensacola, ended up staying longer because he had ship training. Well, he ended up going on the Stennis. He got assigned to the Stennis. And the Stennis deployed. Um, They got back May of 19, so they were out nine months. Okay? They logged over a million miles during nine months of sailing. A million? A million miles. They... um, So, when they get, when they come back off their deployment, a lot of times what the Navy will try to do is they'll do what's called the Tiger Cruise. So, about half of the crew from the Stennis, they pulled into Mayport, Florida. The Stennis used to be based up in Washington, up by Seattle, up there. And they changed their home port to Norfolk, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, they pulled into Mayport, and my son's best friend, got myself and his dad were the two his he was our escort for the tiger crew so it was four days on the ship underway from from Mayport Florida up to Norfolk Virginia and I tell you what my friend it was absolutely incredible. Really the US Navy is there's nobody finer. Oh, yeah. We got we got on the ship there was eighty F-18s on the ship bigger than like 80% of the 80% of the air forces in the world on one ship we got on the ship, we went underway we, we stayed in port overnight we got up in the morning and we got underway we pushed out these huge tugs yeah. pushing us off the yeah. off the, off the, off the, the um the dock and we spun it around and we took off and we got about i don't know 25 miles out and the captain comes on and on the loudspeaker and says hey folks we're going to do an air show for you guys And the next you know hour or so what we want to do is we want to start getting people up on the flight deck so they started loading up the the plane lifts and you know, it would be two, three, 400 people on a lift, bring us up, we'd walk off. And we were right up on the flight line when they were taken off and when they were landing. And they flew probably two, two and a half hours air show out in the middle of the ocean. These guys on the air, you know, taken off from an aircraft carrier and then landing. And we were, I kid you not, we were 15 feet from these guys when they're taking off and landing. Jesus Christ! You talk about rocket. Whoa.
0: I know, right? It's it's something, Whoa. yeah.
1: Unbelievable the power and you know. So they did a they actually did a live fire thing. They had a um one of the helicopters went up and they had this. It's like a big bomb dummy they call. It's about the size of a fifty gallon drum, and it's full of stuff, you know. And they the helicopter took it out about a mile and a half pushed it out, and it's laying out in the ocean, you know, and bobbing around, and then the captain comes on and says, okay, you're the guy that was calling the show. He says, take a look out about 10 o'clock off the front of the carrier. You're going to see an F-18 come in there. Did a live fire on that that bomb dummy. It was so cool. Oh. Explode him like uh twenty millimeter Fuck. guns and <laughs> he was just lighting it was just that was really cool.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: It, it was and you know we got to we got to hang with all the guys. We got a tour of the entire ship. The only place we couldn't go is a reactor, you know, reactor area. Whoa. Yeah. And a glow. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then um I, you know, my son's friend was like, "He's like, hey, Beast, they're really stepping up the chow, you know, for the Tiger Cruise." And so we go down in the galley for chow, and I took my first bite, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> worse than army chow, man! Jesus. You guys are stepping it up. I'd hate to see what dropping it off would be, I right? Dropping,
0: I mean, just pure MRE stuff that can last a oh, hundred years. I mean, this
1: stuff." And I, you know, my hat's off to them. Those yeah. guys in the, in the galley are literally, the galley's open like 20 hours a day. Well, I
0: mean, the, those are
1: small cities, right? They
0: have, I mean, they have oh, six, yeah. six, six 7,000 people on board. Yeah,
1: right? it was like 6,400 and something yeah. on that thing. And, yeah. and I think we had about 1,500 Tiger Cruisers, you know, people that came on. And, you know, it was kind of fat guy in a little bunk for me i was trying to get into that rack you know it was great um it was fun it was it was so neat to see you the really cool part about it was to see young people that were so patriotic Mm -hmm. and giving it their all every day can you imagine nine months out at sea and i think they they hit four ports you know they were in port four times for like three days and, and then back at it. Yeah. So when they get in the port, they get time to get off the ship, go get some chow, hang out, you know, go out into town a little bit. Yeah. And um hard working stiffs, man. Yeah. And they're great people. Yeah. All the sailors are just great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's gotta be awesome. quite an experience to go on an
1: aircraft carrier. Oh, right? so day two they said, hey, find a good spot to go sit. Stand, whatever you want to do. We're going to show you what this thing will do. We're going to take her up to full steam. Oh
0: fuck!
1: So we were we were on the, the, the um we were on the uh, fantail because our our birthing area, our sleeping area was like right off the fantail. So we went out on the fantail and they made the announcement. All right, we're taking her up to full steam. You know how fast we got going that aircraft carrier and i forget how much the weight of that thing yeah, is millions of tons yeah they were we we're doing over 40 knots jesus christ <laughs> we're sitting back there and we're like how the hell, yeah. we're behind that thing i Holy know cow.
0: yeah have you ever seen like aircraft carriers do like sea trials
1: yeah, those videos. Yeah. i have seen videos of it. Yeah, yeah. you think they're speedboats? No, yeah, I know. <laughs> they're whipping them around, and yeah. Then he then he said, "Okay, hey, we're gonna take her. We're gonna go full reverse." And he said, "Hold on, we're gonna see how fast this thing will stop. And they slowed back just a little bit, and then they went full reverse. And I kid you not, my I got a video of the whole thing. Within a minute, we were completely stopped. The. You just stood there, and were like, "Holy cow!"
0: The power involved with that is yeah. just—I mean, me- momentum is mass times velocity. I mean, that, yeah. that's got to be seeing like Manhattan Island moving yeah. and then stopping.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is thirteen hundred and ninety feet is the length of the flight Jesus, back on that Christ thing. in heaven!
0: That's forty feet taller than the World Trade Center, the original. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That, have you ever? I'll send it to you. I'll send you the video. I know we got to wrap up in a couple minutes, but there's this thing that was proposed in 1969 by Lockheed Martin called the mm-hmm. CL-1201, and it was uh, it was like a think tank idea commissioned by the Pentagon, and it was the year was 1969, and they said, "What's the largest aircraft you could build with conventional materials? So current materials, current mm-hmm. in 1969." and lockheed martin's uh, they they put this whole thing together and they created an airborne aircraft carrier and it was proposed for cuz it was there's all this anti-war sentiment at home all these anti-nuclear mm-hmm. marches vietnam stepping up it's not popular so the thought process was you know we're in the cold war is there a day in the future where foreign nations kick us out of you know our bases and are there places that obviously are not reachable by water and thus our aircraft carriers are useless And sure. the Joint Chiefs of Staff or whoever was in charge wanted the idea of an airborne aircraft carrier <laughs> they put together this thing mind you it, it had a wingspan it was four times wider than a 747 oh man It it, it doesn't look real its wingspan was wider than the Chrysler building is tall it, could, hey. it was nuclear powered, much like an aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. It carried twenty-two F four Phantoms. Uh, gr- granted, it's all on paper; they didn't build it. But the engineer yeah. said it would work. Carried twenty-two F uh, four Phantoms, eleven inside of each wing, not under, inside. The insides yeah. were hangars. It could stay aloft for forty-one days, um, and I think it had a crew of eight hundred and forty-five, and it could carry upwards of six thousand troops much like an aircraft carrier. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But that was something that was actually designed, thought out, and was set to be physically possible,
1: but they Mm -hmm. didn't build it.
0: And I don't know what the reasoning was, but I would have loved to see it. But that just makes, I don't know. That makes me think of an aircraft where it's, it's, it's really got to be. Yeah. That's got to be a forced projection. Unlike any other, right? Oh,
1: you, it's a mobile. when, When we, when we got on the base, when we got on the Mayport down there, it's right outside Jacksonville. When we got on the base and we were, we met some great folks down there, just, you know, wonderful parents that kids were in. And mm-hmm. and we got a ride in from the main gate. Um, and we still had quite a long walk and they they were like hey you can't walk we'll send shuttles up to get you guys in and we're like hey they're just like come out with us we'll go you know we got some rain earlier well, we walked and we were you know a couple miles away and this thing was massive and when you get up to it it's it, it you cannot imagine until you're standing there I mean I got pictures I can send you some pictures of how massive this thing is um you know you got the f-18s up on the flight deck when you're standing out on the out on the pier look like look like little play toys. toys little matchbox things you know yeah. it's just massive they have they have anchor they have anchor um the links for their anchors oh yeah a thousand eighty six pounds per link and the, and i forget there was each anchor was forty thousand pounds and i forget a thousand i think it was a thousand eighty six feet of anchor chain too per anchor so just the weight from the anchor and the anchored chains i mean they're just massive it's and you don't you you're on this thing, and we're like, how does this thing move? You know, yeah. how does how does this massive beast get around? And it's it's just crazy. Right now, the status when we got in, that was May of nineteen. We went on that cruise, and as soon as they got back to Norfolk, it went into dry dock because they had to update. They had to redo the reactors and they had to up they do their half-life. Mm-hmm. So they basically 50 years on a carrier. So it was in doing doing their half-life, up updating all the electronics, all the cabling, you know, the reactors, probably props, you know, all the mm-hmm. updates to it. They should be getting ready to set sail again pretty quick here. Yeah. It, it's been two years. I'm like, what?
0: I mean, but the value of those—I mean—they are invaluable, right? I mean, I think—I oh, yeah. think Russia has one. I think China might. No, China has one. I think yeah. Britain has like two little ones. In the United yeah, States. Yeah, we America, got
1: nine. Yeah, <laughs> and we had two more. Two more in work. So they—they yeah. they just got the Ford going, and they're doing. They're doing two other ones
0: yeah. on the Ford class. Yeah, definitely. so
1: we're gonna
0: have eleven. Oh yeah, the Ford. Yeah, no, the Ford ones are, and they're just they're just pushing the sizes of them even larger and larger. Oh yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna get ridiculous. I hope to, I hope to live to see like a two thousand footer. It's yeah uh, yeah. I think I will, but it's what you said is you know how does this thing move? And you got to think, man, it's the most nuclear uh, powered aircraft carriers. They're the most subtle advertising campaign for nuclear power. No, oh, yeah, no commercials, no nothing. Yeah. But they just, yeah. how does this thing move? And it's like, thank you for asking. Here's a pamphlet about nuclear power. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. They um, and the guys that were on there that were, you know, the intel crew because that's where we stayed with. Because that's my son's buddy was on that that side of the world. But they um, it was really cool because I was talking to one of the one of the other guys that was there. Jack and Jack was saying, "Hey man, you know these the reactor one reactor. You think about four fifty gallon drums sitting together on a strap tight. That's all. That's Mm -hmm. one reactor. Mm -hmm. He said they're really small. Yeah, and he said you know they got two of them on there, and you know one drives each shaft. And it's just like how can they?" how can they produce that much force you know
0: well they say it would i've had on guys on this podcast before who researched nuclear power i mean there's a reason why eisenhower pushed for the atoms for peace campaign there there's a reason why the original slogan for nuclear power was too cheap to meter because Mm -hmm. it for i think it's something like to run like a, a coal power plant you need something like 90 train cars every day full of coal Every single day for 365 days, 90 train cars of coal equals the same of one day per year, half a train car of uranium.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: right. You you can't touch it, and it's 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 Mm -hmm. unlike anything else. But everyone's we're all we're all ripping our hair off trying to build solar panels and windmills, which I mean I'm not shitting against. It's all innovation. It's all great, but I mean, goddamn, it's we've been had nuclear power since. So
1: inefficient. Yeah, it's it's
0: yeah. yeah, but. It's three thirty. I said I'd let you go. Um, All right, man. Thank you very much for coming on, dude. And um, yeah, I would love to have you back on, man. Think of some stories. Think of some. uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Curate, curate some stories. Let the good ones rest at the top, and we'll do another one. Oh, I
1: got, I got. Yeah, I'll get some. I'll get some chocolatey ones that get you rolling a little bit.
0: Hell yeah! And if if you if you know anybody if you know anybody interesting from all of your time doing all the crazy shit you did please recommend them to i would love to talk to them as well
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: hell yeah man thank you so much for coming on thank you for your time thank you for your stories and um well i just now i now i know now if i didn't know before now i know just don't lie to the rs if they come to my door they already have everything
1: well here's a here's a classic story um when I was in training, brand new agent, nineteen ninety one down in Fletsey. We had a we had an agent that was one of our instructor trainers. That was from Utah, from Salt Lake City, John Smith of all names. And John was a great dude. And John started John was getting ready to retire because I think he started in about 72 maybe or seven you know going back a ways and he said you know when i first was an agent and and, and got on the job he said my i went out with my oji my on the job instructor and he was like he went out and interviewed a taxpayer and you know the taxpayer was just kind of giving him a run around and basically told him to go pound sand and and uh, his OJI told the taxpayer, he said, "Well, that's all fine and dandy." He said, "We're gonna, we're gonna find all the money, and and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pin you down." And he said, "If you want to play ball with the IRS, that's fine, but we're gonna stick the, the bat up your ass, big un, first. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, you want know, to play? That's fine. I mean, it's your choice. Just but you know, just you know, that's old school stuff, yeah.
0: and you know, I um, mean, I mean, I guess it, I mean, it's kind of right, it's kind of like it's like the glacier, right? It's like the glacier moves an inch every decade, but it, mm-hmm. it will grind mountains to dust,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah, just a monolith wall moving, yeah, and and that's that was kind of that's IRSCI. Well, I mean, we don't stop, you know, we get in we find that thread and we start running with it and wherever that thread takes you, it, it can take you to big things, you know, big, big, big things. Oh, yeah. So, I never knew really IRS CI existed until um, I met my my girlfriend, now my wife, that, you know, one of her parents' family friends was an was a auditor for IRS up in Minneapolis, but he was assigned to a group of special agents just kind of grinding numbers yeah you had to be an irs special agent man best job in the government i'm like huh? what he's like yeah so i met some of the guys and we did everything everybody else did we're 1811s which is a criminal investigator special agent so we did all the arrest authority and you know all that just like the fbi or anybody else so that was fun. It's good outfit. We had a blast. <laughs>
0: Next thing you know, you're in the Middle East surrounded by machine guns.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're driving on to a military installation that took us 40 minutes to get on. Four checkpoints later, and, you know, two o'clock in the morning after we got into Kuwait, you know, we had to get on because the army guys needed gas. So we had to go on the installation. Jesus you know, Christ. Yeah. After a day of flying and, I mean, I left here at 11 a.m. local time, and I think we, on Sunday, and we didn't get on the ground there till like, Tuesday morning at midnight or some shit. Jesus that was, Christ. Yeah, it was brutal, man. dullest to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Kuwait City. Yeah, oof. Like, 19 hours of flight. That's that brutal.
0: That's why. That's why I'm taking up podcasting. Yeah. So my, it's easier. my travel time is bedroom, yeah, <laughs> leather chair. True. Yeah, it, it's a harrowing seventeen seconds. Yeah, you know, I gotta. Right. It's nice. yeah, you know, it messes. I get jet lag. You know, it's all that. But you know, it's it's the hustle I make. It's uh, yeah, Roger. but yeah, I mean, Brian, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Good. bet
0: and it was a pleasure. My talk pleasure, you, man. It's a good time. You, you as well, and I'll text you the link when it's up. All right. Yeah, sounds good, bud All right, thank you, sir. Yep, see you, bud. Bye-bye. <laughs>